I would like for you to take just a moment and to think about the most holy person that you know. Maybe this is someone alive, or maybe this is someone who has entered into a near presence with God through death. Maybe this is someone you've met, a friend, a family member. Maybe it's a religious person in a community, like a monk or a nun, or perhaps it's a complete stranger. Take a moment to think about this holy kind of a person that you know, and what made them so special. What was so holy about their presence and their being? These saints, we often call them. These holy people we know. It's as if that person has entered into a nearer presence with the divine, a close encounter with God, their faces glowing, perhaps kind of like Moses, as we see in the Hebrew scripture reading today from Exodus. Moses, having been in this close encounter with God on top of Mount Sinai, in the cloud, as God gave out the commandments. Most of the time, to see the face of God meant that you died. God would, in God's mercy, obscure God's self in clouds and smoke, pillars of cloud, as like we hear in the psalm today. Or humans had to turn away As Moses came down, and though he didn't even know it, clearly he had changed from this time on top of Mount Sinai, this time of being in this cloud with God, hearing the voice of God, being near God. Perhaps he was changed from 40 days and nights with no bread and no water. Even in our weaknesses in life, even in our tiredness, like Peter and James and John in the Gospel reading, we continually seek the face of God. It was just eight days prior to this Gospel passage that we hear today that Peter looked Jesus in the eye and confessed that Jesus is the Messiah of God, the Anointed One of God. Why was he brought up the mountain just this eight days later, made to see Jesus transfigured? And then why was he even so surprised if he had just confessed that Jesus was the anointed one of God? Perhaps, yes, even he, Peter, needed to be ushered up the mountain to see God's glory literally face to face so he would fully and truly believe. Peter, yes, this rock on which the church was built and yes, whom was given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
And yes, this Peter who often fell short. This Peter who denied Jesus thrice over. This Peter who lost sight of Jesus and began to drown. This Peter who was tempted in this gospel passage we hear today to stay on that mountaintop just a little bit longer. And maybe even to keep Jesus and Elijah and Moses there with him in these tents or these memorials. An easy temptation, surely, to which we all might succumb. Perhaps Peter needed to be brought up so he could be brought back down from the mountain to see that it's not just about those fleeting moments and experiences, those ineffable times, so special that he, yes, Peter, even saw in himself and could see in others. Perhaps he needed to see something more, that it's about God's glory being revealed throughout all of God's time, throughout all of God's creation, if we but let God do God's work. Have you ever had that temptation to stay on that mountaintop of that experience that you've had in your life, like Peter, who wanted to stay up there and build these tents or memorials? And yet even Jesus came down from that mountain the next day and was greeted by crowds immediately, asked to exercise the demons from the son of a local man. Yes, even Jesus had to come down from the mountain and be amongst the people. Yes, God came down to us. We do not only see God or only meet God on those mountaintops in our lives, in those most holy of places, in those most holy of times, and in those most holy of faces, like those saints that we have met in our lives, their faces glowing. As Jesus tells the parable of the separation of the nations in Matthew 25, the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Jesus reminding us that even God's self is met in the face of those we so easily forget and actively marginalize and oppress. We do not only get a glimpse of God's glory at the Lord's table, partaking in the Lord's supper, we can get glimpses of God not only on the mountaintops of life, but also in those valleys. God is revealed to us not only in times of quiet prayer with Jesus, like on top of the mountain in the gospel passage today, but also unexpectedly throwing us back when we're struck in awe of God's sheer glory. God's glory 
is revealed not only in exercising those demons and healings that we see so many times throughout the passages, bringing those to fullness of life, but also in those times like Jesus raising Jairus' daughter from the dead. God's glory is revealed when Jesus raises his own cousin Lazarus from the grave. No, to meet God face to face perhaps doesn't mean that we die so much as it means we are transformed. Maybe just as much as life is changed and transformed through death. Just as Jesus was transfigured on that mountaintop, so were the disciples themselves transformed. Peter, so moved to build these three memorials up there, all three so changed they could not utter what they had just seen. They could not make any sense of it. They could not begin to articulate that literal mountaintop experience. No, it is not God's intention to remain veiled from us, distant from us. As we see in the transfiguration recounted today, it is God's moment in revealing to all of creation that God's love is incarnate. God's love is real in the flesh, amongst us, with us, breathing, healing, loving. It is not God's intention to withhold God's love. Despite the theophany that we hear in the transfiguration to a mere three mortals on that mountaintop, and some gospel accounts say Jesus instructed them specifically not to tell anyone, for yet his time had not come. We know that in God's time, God reveals all of God's glory to each and every one and all of us. If we but seek God's face, if we but, like Peter, say, you are the Messiah of God, you are the anointed, and we climb that mountain with Jesus, and we pray, and we listen to him, and then come back down. As Peter says in his second epistle today, you will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until that day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Friends, be attentive to God in all those moments of life, shining and dazzling on the mountaintop face to face with God and in the dark place, in the valley of the shadow of death, where, yes, God leads us to still waters, where, yes, God sets a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies, where, yes, God anoints us with God's Holy Spirit, where our cup runs over full of the goodness and the grace, the mercy, and the love 
of God. Amen.